So many of us founders or like content creators right now are a little bit like, what are we supposed to do? Cause I'm not a dancer. I don't want to point at things. It doesn't feel real. Like what, you know, today is not every day in this business and that can be good or bad. So there can be the day that we lock Whole Foods and that feels super freaking amazing. And I could make choices based on how high I feel that day, but they might not be the right choices for our business. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Building Blocks podcast show. Today, I am joined by Alicia Reisinger, who is the founder, creator, director of Wax Buffalo Pure Soy Wax Candle Company. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show and congrats for having the longest company name. <laughs> right. We just shorten it. We just like call it, we call ourselves the Waxy Bees over here. But yeah, we can just go with Wax Buffalo. Thanks for having me on. I'm super honored. Excited to chat with you today. Where did the name come from? Um, so we're, we're based in Lincoln, Nebraska and, um, just kind of like the, the idea of like the plains and, um, how beautiful it is here. And like when I started Wax Buffalo, it was like seven years ago. There weren't a lot of like sexy things coming out <laughs> like Lincoln, Nebraska. They're all on the coast. And so, um, just trying to pick like a powerful name. And I had just read this kind of this thing about, uh, the Midwest Buffalo is that a Buffalo, uh, when a storm comes up, a Buffalo will drive into the storm instead of like running away from the storm. It just runs right through a storm. And I loved that idea of like, that's who I want to be when things are hard. I want to push through and I want to get through the storm. And, and so that's what I named my company after. I, I love hearing the meanings of like what people name their companies. Yeah. It's, it's different every time. And I find it always <laughs> so fascinating. Um, the first city I, I lived in when I moved to America was Buffalo, New York. So oh, that's yeah. why I piqued my interest. I'm like, oh, maybe it's from Buffalo, but yes. it's okay. They have really it, good cheese there. My grandpa grew up do. there. They do. But your name <laughs> makes a lot more sense. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's been a really rough ride for everyone in business the past year. Um, yes. But I want to talk about the happy things. What have you been most excited about recently? We are... Um... So I think the thing that makes me the most excited right now is that we're opening the second retail location. So a second brick and mortar, which I think, you know, coming out of COVID out of 2020, it was like, will, will retail even be a thing? And we're seeing that growth with our actual brick and mortar. We, um, in May of 2021, we created what we call the candle lab. So it allows people in our community to come in and make their own candles the way we do. And we teach them, you can pick from this wall of beautiful glass and you can pick your scent and it's, um, you know, drink a little glass of wine. It's super fun and it's super therapeutic. And it's basically, I feel like giving our community a sense of like what we get to do here. We love the therapy of pouring candles. So it's blown up and we can't keep up with it. And so we decided to open a second bigger location so that we can support more candle lab makers. So, um, hopefully this is my very first like actual build out of a, a retail space, like deciding where the plumbing goes and stuff like that, which is really a little bit scary. (laughs) That sounds like yeah, such but a hopefully great it'll be open spot. by November. So, congrats! It's, I was just saying, like, it sounds like a great date spot. Yes, you know, why go for drinks? Let's go make some candles, Let's right? And you know, the way right? that people just like talk when you're making something, when you're actually doing something with your hands, I feel like you tend to be even more vulnerable with each other. Yeah, right. You yeah. know, and so it is. It's a perfect date spot. You're totally right. You should, you should definitely make a lot of content saying this is a new date spot. Don't go bowling. Don't go. You know, get drinks, go get candles. I I will see that and immediately go. Um, I love that when everyone's going 
to the route of e-commerce, you realize that for your business, especially for your community and your product, yeah, retail is very important. Sensory is a huge selling point. And yeah. the thing about selling online, as great as you can ship to everywhere else, you're just missing that thing that draws you in. Yeah. You know, yeah, that experience, and, that like connectedness, yeah. right? Yeah. I love that you're like doubling down on it and it's doing great for you. Um, every yeah. brand has a story. I, I think story is really what makes brands deserve to exist. Yeah. Um, when there's so many companies rising up and left and right, everyone can make a candle company. But what really makes it compelling is the story behind the brand. Totally. What's yours? I agree. I'll, okay, I can start at the beginning. I, um, my actual background is in production. I'm a storyteller by nature. So I was a story producer, which means I traveled all over the world telling other people's stories and doing kind of like what you're doing right now, <laughs> interviewing people, getting them to tell me their stories. And so when um, my first daughter was born, she was born with a cleft lip and palate. And it just kind of stopped everything. I used to always think I could just take her on set with me and you can't take a baby on set. They don't, they don't, they won't silence when it's time to be silent on set. And then because she had, um, such an extreme birth defect that had to, it was all very timing based with a cleft palate. You have to do a lot of surgeries based on like the timing of when her jaw would grow and how her nose would form. Um, it just stopped my whole world. So my whole world became about insurance agencies and working with doctors and, um, I just missed storytelling. And so I think it was one night I was like, I'm just going to spend a hundred dollars on candle supplies. And I'm going to start doing this. And I had also been doing a ton of research about, um, just the clean things in our home, like to be super vulnerable. I think as a mama, if, when you have a child that has a birth defect, it, it you internalize it, it must've been something I was doing wrong. I must've done something wrong as a mama. So you start researching and you're like, I'll fix everything from here forward, which later we just found out it's in our family. It's in our DNA. So it was probably something inevitably that would happen to her, but that said, I did start to research candles and realize that so many of the candles that I was buying were super toxic. Just paraffin-based candles are uh, petroleum-based and they can give you headaches. They're a derivative of crude oil. They're, they're, you know, there's bleach in them. There's all these things that are not good for you. So I just decided to start making like really clean, beautiful candles for our home. I started making too many of them. So I started giving them away to friends. And like, this was just my therapy at night. I would like pour a whiskey and I would drink and I would pour candles until I <laughs> drank too much whiskey and was messing the candles up. And then I'd go to bed and then I would do it the next night. So I started to give them away. And a friend of mine, like kind of started to encourage me to sell them, which scared me. Cause I thought that felt very vulnerable. Like, what if I like, I could give you a candle and you could throw it away, but to like try and sell you a candle, you'd be like, I don't know. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. But I did, I started and this cute little store ordered like 12 of them. They sold out in three days. I took that money and put it back in, made 24 candles, and then literally just slow, slow Double. grew the company till now. And so yeah. we just hit a million dollars last year, which feels pretty rad. A hundred dollars to a million dollars in seven years doesn't suck. It was slow, but that. it doesn't suck. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not about the pace that you're going. It's about, yeah. you know, at a pace that you're comfortable with, you're a mother, yeah. you know, that's a full-time job. It is. It is. So and I have four of them. Right. So like <laughs> and your company, it's a great feat. Like don't Thanks. ever compare yourself. I'm sure you're Thank not, you. but uh, I, I would say like for founders, we, we looked at other people's success and yeah. we're like, oh man, I feel like we should hit that. 
But man, just work on your own pace. As long as you're I happy, agree. you're building something that you love, right? You know, I um, did hit this like moment because, because you know, like you set yourself goals or you like you you do that like imposter syndrome where you're like, oh my gosh, that person's so much further ahead than me. But I hit this moment where I was like, wait a minute, what's the life I want? And the life I want is to be able to travel and be home. And we even had an opportunity at one point, like a really a big box store reached out and asked if we would do candles for them, but the margins were really low. And I had to really like wrestle with like, this would feel so sexy and it would probably amp up our numbers. But right. instead of being able to like travel to Europe for the entire month of June, because my company's like kind of chill, I would be here like making candles for less money than I'm making right now. Right. And so it was, it was like me having to figure out like, actually, I think slow and dreamy is actually my dream. I think. Right. So. A lot of people don't realize that like everyone has their own set goals, right? Like yeah. your, your goal at that point was to travel yeah. and it wasn't to hit 10 million or $50 right. million dollars because you're giving up a lot yeah. to hit that. And yeah. for some people, that's their dream. And so they chase for it. For yeah. your dream, it wasn't a numbers thing. Yeah. It was, it was a, a lifestyle. Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, a lot of us got into this business, not because of money. It's because yeah. we truly want to be able to draw our own path. Yeah. I totally um, agree. It's, you know, we don't work nine to five, but we work 10 to 10, yeah. you, you know, <laughs> totally. we're, we're very happy doing it because yeah. it feels like we're building something that we own. Yeah, I totally agree. You know? Yeah. And there's a different, there's a different passion. And then there's a different, like the way that you say yes is different. And the way that you say no is different, right? Like, but you get to own it completely and it's your choice. And I think there's like real beauty in that. And the things that you say no to is just as important as the things you say yes to. I totally agree. Sometimes, yeah. you know, we get distracted. We say yes to things and yeah. and they end up hurting us a lot. Yeah. yeah. And we don't realize it. It totally looks agree. good on the surface. And that's what sets like, you know, experience mm -hmm. uh, operators apart. Mm -hmm. in, in the beginning, we're chasing the shiny things. But now, seven years later, yeah. you're looking yeah. back and said, I'm glad I made the decisions I made. Yeah. Even though... Uh, and high, like, you know, at the beginning, yeah. it seemed like I missed an opportunity. Yeah. You're happy. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, I am. You look happy. Yes. <laughs> and our team's happy. And we even just came out of like these two days of like intensive meetings and like talking through like, well, what is our true north still? How are we still going forward? And we all came out of it saying like, we, we want this lifestyle more than we want bigger paychecks. Like what we've built right. here feels really different and feels really special. And that matters to all of us, even as a team more than the ladder, which is rad. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I want to touch base a little bit on community yeah. because the fact that you're able to have this engaged audience who come in with their family and their kids to build candles yeah. is amazing. Um, I want to hear your take on what it takes to build that community. What are some of the steps that you have taken to make sure that you have this people, the circle that you can call yours? I love this question. I actually, back in like my production days, we did an entire, um, like documentary on community and we traveled all around the country and we found all these pockets of people that had created these like kind of like weird niche communities. Like one of them was like a, a hula hooper community. And one of them was like these old octogenarians that got together and played banjos in Pittsburgh. And it, it was just kind of the dreamiest thing I had ever seen. And what I realized in like researching all of that and hearing all of those stories is that community is based on just finding each other and finding something that you love together. Right. And then just like true vulnerability. So I think as I started to build Wax Buffalo, there were two ways that we built our community. One was, um, really authentically just through social media. I, I was trying to figure out how to be a founder. I didn't even understand what like uh, bootstrapping meant, you know, 
<laughs> yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just doing this. And so it was a lot of me asking questions, being vulnerable, you know, jacking up my LLC at some point and needing someone to help or like just telling the story of like, so I thought that my company needed a bunch of bougie boxes and I spent so much money off them and they're just sitting on the shelf now. And so being able right. to really be vulnerable, I think through our social media channels started to create this community around us online that was like really resonated with the fact that like they like they bought our candles because i think they fell in love with our story so even right. online you can you can buy all the things to make your candles at home and that's been a huge business for us as well because it's speaking to them about the therapy of creating candles but then here in our community we've really tucked into just supporting local so our biggest thing is honestly I think shouting out other local businesses, whether that be retail or food or beverage, and really just being such a cheerleader for local businesses that they in turn have been cheerleading for us. And then people show right. up because I think it's really, I mean, just, you know, supporting your community is such an important thing. And I think that has been a really big story of ours as well. We even created, um, I have a, a group that gets together once a month and it's like 80 business women, founders, freelancers, and we get together um, and just support each other. And it's become like this really great community of women supporting and, and building each other up. And I feel like our city's thriving because of it. So, I love that. I've never been to Lincoln. It's darling. I like it. <laughs> and I mean, I've lived in small towns before. I lived yeah. in um, even small town in Lincoln. I lived in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. And lived in Florida. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I, I live in these places. And, you know, now that I'm in a city, I'm in Los Angeles yeah. looking back. There's this sense of community that you just cannot replicate in those small towns. Yeah. They're not top 10 best cities to live in by any list, yeah. but the community that you have in those small towns, you just cannot replicate in larger cities. There's so much disconnect now. There's so much noise. I agree. And I love that you're able to find that pocket of people that resonates with your, what you're building and you guys are supporting each yeah. other. And, you know, ultimately, that's really what builds strong businesses, strong foundations. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's not about spending a bajillion dollars on Facebook ads and scaling your business there. Yeah. For some people, that's what they want. But for many of us, we're good with just having a solid foundation, yeah. good cash flow, happy employees. And there's that. Yeah. That's, there's something really beautiful about that for sure. For sure. I grew up in Kansas city and then I lived in Chicago for 10 years and then ended up settling here in Lincoln and falling in love with it. But I agree. There's something about small town where the support is so authentic and, and so lovely. It's pretty neat. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about the storytelling because you're a storyteller. <laughs> uh, I want the next few minutes just on content. What are some of the ways that you feel like you're able to make content? and storytelling, making sure that the story is consistent and cohesive across everything that you do. Yeah. What's that framework? I love that question. Honestly, I think like, and to be super vulnerable, I feel like so many of us founders or like content creators right now are a little bit like, what are we supposed to do? Cause I'm not a yeah. dancer. I don't want to point at things. It doesn't feel real. Yeah. Like what, you know, what can we still tuck back into like what that storytelling looked like in the beginning where for me, like, you know, when Instagram's algorithm was so kind of clean and classic, me telling a story, you know, was so easy and, and the eyeballs were on it. Interestingly, um, last month I went to Italy and visited um, the hometown that my grandma grew up in uh, and got to see like where she grew up before uh, her family moved here to the States. And um, I ended up like eating at this little restaurant and running into a man that I realized later we figured out through like broken English and like little like Google 
Chrome, you know, like the Google <laughs> translator. Um, yeah. that we're family. He's totally in the same line as me. And it was like this amazing moment of like, oh my goodness, we are across the sea and you and I are family. And so I came back and created a candle based on it. Whereas I was, you know, we were in Italy, we were drinking a lot of limoncello after like our pastas and like it tucked into like my heritage. And, um, I told the story on wax Buffalo and really our Instagram has been pretty dismal as far as like likes and, 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 um, any type of like, I don't know, just the building blocks are not there anymore, but the story blew up and I was like, Oh, so storytelling still matters. And I didn't dance and I didn't point. I just told my story authentically like I used to. And I think it was a good reminder that like story will always be very powerful if done well and done vulnerably. And I, for me, like I needed to realize that like, I probably should get back to doing that better. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, storytelling lives on in every single medium. It's just the medium changes and yeah. how people tell stories, you know, back in the day, there's a lot more attention on two hour storytelling documentary and you know in some sense still do but now people's attention span got a little bit shorter because yeah. there's just so much more content and so now you got to be able to tell a story in 30 seconds yes in six seconds. <laughs> but storytelling at, at its core is still very much present yeah. across the board yeah. i have a friend who started a, a j roller company okay ancient chinese tools to sculpt your face and yeah. like help with blood circulation and she did the story on TikTok talking about how her grandma was the one who taught her about it and how her family inspired her to create this brand. And it blew up, I think, That's five, awesome. six million views. And it propelled her from zero to, I don't know, seven, eight million dollars. Oh, my goodness. With That's incredible. TikTok alone. She just continued telling that story. And then she started doing stories on every aspect of the business. Yeah. Here, walk with me through how I create this design. Oh, we almost didn't get into this retailer. Here's what happened. Yeah. Or just like being super being authentic. Vulnerable. Exactly. Being vulnerable. And also like at, at this moment, so many people see brands, the polished, pretty storefronts. Yeah. They yeah. want to go behind the scenes. They want to go in the back door and see how the cookies make, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so yeah. being able to show them the behind the scene content, being able to show them, hey, we made this candle and this is how we poured it. I'm yeah. sure you guys do content yeah. like that. Yeah. This is how we came up with the name. Here's how the scents are formulated. Yeah. We've done 13 different variations of scents and it didn't work. Like yeah. people want to see failure yeah. because when they yeah. see the success, they're so much more emotionally invested in it that they become customers. Yes, that's a perfect way to say it. I think you're totally right. Yeah. All do, do storytelling and storytelling is not dead. It's just the medium has changed and we need to adapt. Yes, yes. And I do, I probably need to adapt. I need to get my buns on. I think we have like nine followers on TikTok. So maybe it's time to invest a little time storytelling there. So the beauty about TikTok, and I'm not sure if you know this yet, it's very, very different than Instagram. Yeah. In yeah. the sense where on Instagram, if you have five followers, five people see your content. So it is a little bit more like uh, how Instagram used to be, where it's like... Uh, well, TikTok now is, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. Okay. It shows your content to people that they believe will like to consume uh, that content, even if they don't follow you. I see, I see, I And see. so okay. our account, we when we first started, we were getting 10,000 views with 200 followers. Oh, that's because we are seeing that. Like, I literally, I think, I, I'm not joking. I think we have 19, nine or 19, but we had like a little TikTok video that did like 12,000 views. 
That's, exactly. Yep. That will never happen on Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram. It just never happens okay. like that okay. because on those platforms, they control so much of who sees your content. Okay. And now Instagram is trying to play catch up and they're showing your stuff. Yeah. If you go on Instagram, reels. you're going to see like, you're going to see reels or like, um, content you might like, and they're recommending it. Yes. But TikTok is always whatever you believe that you like to see, TikTok's going to try to recommend that to that's you. Interesting. And that's why like the growth potential for TikTok is significantly higher okay. because you're not limited by how many followers you have. You can have 19 follows and get 12,000 views. Yeah, that's what videos. happens. Which interestingly, we like did, we, we have a cocktail collection. So we have candles that are based on cocktails. And so every month yeah. we make that cocktail for you and then we teach you how to do it and you get the ingredients. Yeah. And then you once your candle's done, that glassware is used for the cocktail. It's, it's cocktail glassware. So it's sustainable. Those are the ones that are yeah. getting all the TikTok views. But I wonder if there's like so many cute boozers that are like, do you like alcohol? You'll like Wax Buffalo's alcohol candles. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know, you find your groove. You find like what yeah. people are loving from your content. Yeah. Um, there's this whole framework by Google years ago to help YouTubers make content. Okay. It's called the 3H strategy. It's like a pyramid. There's hygiene, hub, and here. Okay. And hygienes are essentially like quick bite videos. They're like the first date videos. These are videos that you want to show to first time people to get them to understand what you make. Okay. Okay. All right. Like really quick viral worthy videos. The second one is hub. These are like videos that really cements you as a leader in your space. Okay. So a candle maker or a storyteller or your brand. So these are like how to tutorials. Uh, care instructions. Um, did you know about this on candle? Like these are things that really becomes a series. And then there's a hero component of the of the content pyramid. And these are things that make you stand out that no one else can get besides on your account. These are like day in the life of a founder of Buffalo West. Okay. Okay. You know, okay. Um, or you know, these are things that are only unique to you but it's built on the foundation of your good hygiene content, your good hub content and the hero content are like, okay, that's for sure their brand. No one else is doing like oh, that. I love that. And that's a content pyramid that we follow to consistently make content okay. every single okay. day. We're, we're launching one video a day and it's, it's become 30, 40% of our revenue. Yeah. It's just your it's content huge. has become part of your re revenue. Yeah. Just our organic TikTok okay. content has became a huge part of our um, of our revenue just because we're consistently putting out content and we're making content that are memorable and shareable. Think of yeah. all the viral videos that your friends share to you. Yeah. Some of them might feature a product. We're trying to make videos like that. So we're getting as much free impressions as possible. So we don't have to spend money on I it. I love that. It's like all those salad making videos that I watch on the daily. They get me. <laughs> there you go. Mm -hmm. They're so pretty with there all their go. like fruit dumps. <laughs> it's mesmerizing. It is. <laughs> So one last question to you is seven years in this business, yeah. what would you say is the biggest lesson that you learned? It could be as simple or as complicated, but one lesson. Yeah. I think my, my like, and it took me seven years, I think to finally tuck into this is that today is not every day in this business. Right. And that can be good or bad. So there can be the day that we lock whole foods and that feels super freaking amazing. And it's a high, high day. And I could make choices based on how high I feel that day, but they might not be the right choices for our business. And then, in, right. uh, you know, on the flip of that, like right now, like we're going through a recession, we're feeling it sales wise, a lot of us, you know, like, but making right. the decision on a low sales day for the rest of our future, you know, to stop dreaming and to like start worrying about numbers. It's also not the best way to lead so that 
that's, I think that's it, that today is not your everyday in your business and to really like watch the numbers. And I think we as founders can still lead with our guts, but I also think like watching the overall scope of our business and making decisions based on that and the trajectory and projections based on who we are as a whole as opposed to like what's happening that day. Which took me a bit. I love that. Yeah. I, I love the this tip. I've never heard this tip before. It's, you know, there's got to be highs and lows in your day. Yeah. Don't let the highs let you be overly confident and co- cocky about yeah. what you could do. Just spend all the money because we're doing well now. But also when you're down, you, you want to be hopeful yeah. because better days are ahead. Yeah. And, and that's how we get through it. Yeah. So 100%. thank you for that piece of advice. Thank you for coming onto the show. It was so, so nice to finally meet you and hear your story. It was lovely to meet you too. And I'm so honored. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You just heard an episode of the Building Blocks podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe below to keep hearing conversations that I have with brilliant marketers, founders, and innovators on how they built their best ideas. Now, if you want to learn how you can turn your best ideas and build something massive out of it, visit my website, bbclass.co or follow my Twitter at agro.